Welcome to the Rust Podcast. Of course, today I'm behind the scenes of the movie Scavenger Hunt, uh, produced by Lisa Wu. And of course, we'll be talking to Clifton Powell and all the other people on the set. That's going to be fun. Plus, we talk about Butt Tucker Carlson and the whole night. And we're going to have some fun. So hang out. You know, I'm sitting here uh, on the set right now of Scavenger Hunt. One of the biggest stars. Clifton Powell and I were sitting out in in the woods and it's dark. And I just seen Booker T. Washington, Harriet Tubman, and Frederick Douglass playing checkers. <laughs> this is spooky out here. But I have to say, um, Clifton Powell is um, one of the best actors. Um, no, I'm not. On, no, on the Chitlin circuit. Um, it's my the other day. So I've been in every black movie since Reconstruction. <laughs> you look at my bank account bitch <laughs> yeah but one thing about clifton is that he always works and he doesn't turn anything down i don't and- turn shit down i would have turned this down though if i knew he's in the middle of these woods in fact i'm giving back you and lisa Wu my 37 dollars deposit i got 37 dollars for 10 days on a movie because russ is my friend some bull you know working with clifton it's it's kind of like working with tito jackson you know you, you got a good bass player, not much on the acting on the chops, but one thing that we do know that this movie um, is going to be scary uh, because basically um, you're playing a sheriff, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm playing a dark-skinned sheriff in the woods and all the killers can't see me. I've arrested three motherfuckers tonight, but they still... At, at they the, don't know who they, arrested them. They don't know who took them in. They say, who took you in? I don't know. We didn't see them. I'm like, I'm standing right beside you. <laughs> Hey, this motherfucker told me I was so black one time, Russ. Yeah. I was at a comedy club. Yeah. He said, oh, my man is in the house. Stand up. I stood up like a fucking nut. Yeah. He said, sit your black ass down. <laughs> you so goddamn black, you got to wear white gloves when you eat Tootsie Rolls so you don't bite your fingers off. Get <laughs> the fuck out of here. You motherfucker watching me on TV now. Because <laughs> you're a star now, and uh, I have to say that. No, on, on real talk, though, um... You know, we're really good friends, and I remember the first time I met you, we were in L.A., and he was in the bank. I met you in a gay club, Russell. No, it was. I was, I was coming through to drop off some stuff for one of my partner's friends who was gay, and you was in there dancing with a couple of guys. Tell these people the f- truth, Russ. I only go to those gay clubs because the drinks are good. Okay. Okay, let's If be, I stay longer than like... Can we ever be serious? No, I was like going to tell everybody how we met. We, we met it, and I remember Bank of America, and you were in there uh, talking about, you know, you want to take all your money out because they f***ed up your, your deposit, and he had $7.12 in his account. Yeah, I remember I was going through that divorce yeah. with my wife, and then she was stealing checks. <laughs> and you know what? You were so cool, but I knew you were distressed. I was stressing, you know, and you know what happened? You said... I need you, Cliff Powell, for a week. I give you eighteen thousand. I said I can do it right here. <laughs> I can do this shit right here. But that was almost like almost fifteen years ago. Wow, damn, that's been a long time. But we've done a lot of movies together. You yeah, know, we for real. All jokes aside, Russ Parr is one of the best directors, man, and and just he's an actor's director. So if y'all get a chance to work with him, he's getting older. But he is losing weight. He's down to 300 from 425. <laughs> a director's life. Anyway, um, poor Cliff is walking away because he's got bad knees. You know, 
But that's okay. We're going we getting ready to do a scene where he's got to climb a tree and then jump out the tree. <laughs> he was like, King Kong. Hey, it's so dark out here, y'all. I'm about to have lunch with uh, Harriet Tubman. <laughs> But he, this guy, he keeps oh he keeps you laughing. When we come on the set oh with Cliff, God. you're going to laugh. Oh. And that's what's going to happen, man. And that's the beautiful thing about working with this dude. I always look forward to working with him, except when he wants to fight me. When that uh, happens, man, you know, it's always a problem. But. Guys, me and Russ had a fight. And <laughs> I grabbed Russ, and we both fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we were taking turns hitting each other. We were like the Flintstones. I ran out. I ran out. They had to put me on oxygen. They took me to Crawford Long, put me on oxygen. They said, what happened? I said, I punched Russ two times. <laughs> no, it was, we were arguing on the set. I, it was over some bullshit. I don't even remember. But um, but Cliff. No, you thought I took one of your guys from you, Russ. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> You know the guy on the set that liked you, Russ? Oh, is that what it was? Are you with Russ? I said, Russ is my friend. <laughs> he's well, like, I don't believe he's you. He's getting ready to f*** you up. <laughs> he's scratching me. Anyway, that's Clifton Powell, y'all, because uh, we never take him seriously. So we're backstage on the movie Scavenger Hunt, Lisa Wu production, and, of course, uh, the director of photography, who's a director in his own right, he's really good. His name is Robert Peters. Hey, Robert, how are you doing? Chilling. Okay, so obviously you can tell that he is from a different continent, and I just want to say that I am so proud to be able to work with you, man, because you are brilliant. Ross, I'm super proud to work with you. You are the man. In the American term, Ross, you are the shit. See, basically, he ain't shit. All right, let's just go ahead and keep it real. And, you know, I've just been carrying him in this whole movie, him and his boy, uh, uh, Teddy, been carrying him in the whole movie. And, you know, we understand that sometimes, you know, movie making is different in different cultures and different continents and the whole nine. What was it like working with me, Russ Parr? First of all, I want to go back that you say me and Teddy are the shit. We are the American shit, not the African shit. Hmm? See, because there's a difference. Because if you're the shit in America, that's a good thing. But in Africa, it's different, right? You get into a fight if you call somebody the shit. Okay. But uh, Ross, it was a pleasure working with Ross. He's a great guy, easygoing. One thing I like about Ross is that he makes everybody around him comfortable. You understand? The directors you work with, that as soon as they step on set, they begin to just want, they begin to see themselves larger than the whole set. And at the end of the day, there's one person that loses at the end of the day, the director. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you can have that smooth and super relationship with your cast and crew. But on this set, we're one big family. And you guys keep your fingers crossed because this film is going to be fire. That's hey, do I write you a check or do you take cash app or what's the deal? Uh, in Africa, you give me a couple of cows and chicken and goat. <laughs> I love working with this guy because... I'd be giving him crap, and he'd just say, I don't speak English. <laughs> That's Robert Peters. Hey, y'all, give him a round of applause, y'all. Yeah. My director for photography, and, of course, um, we don't know how the film's going to come out, but we think it'll be okay. And I'm going to thank this crew and everybody out here. Um, we have struggled through 13-hour days, working till 4 o'clock in the morning, watching the sun come up. It's always been an experience, but you know what? This is something that we all love and we grow from because we are dedicated to this craft. And, you know, KT, that brother over there, um, 
Teddy, and does we call him Steady Teddy on the on, just brilliant, just some brilliant stuff going on here. So I just been an honor for me, and I wanted to like tell everybody on the radio that's you know listen to us right now that you know listen every production has their ups and downs, but we knew how to get back up if there was a problem, you know. Aaron, who's Gafford, puts all these lights up. This guy's just brilliant. He's quick, and he, get, he gets the job done. I, there's so many people I just want to give love to, but, you know, uh, fuck them. So anyway, and, and Lisa Wu, oh, she's so wonderful. She comes in and smiles and hugs everybody, and then she leaves. But you know what? You know, but we love her. That's okay. Anyway, uh, check it out. Scavenger Hunt. You will hear where it's going down. Oh, somebody fell down over there. You Okay. Don't slip and fall up in here in this motherfucker. See, I know how y'all do. Slip and fall, salute, and sue the black production. I know how that works. Nah, it was like a little, it was like a little twelve, like a little little thing in the background. Whatever, whatever. I just want to make sure that you ain't calling a lawyer. Okay. Cause Lisa ain't down for that. She's a black belt. Fuck with her, you're gonna get fucked up. Let's keep it real. Anyway, we out of here. Make sure you all stay tuned to social media. We'll let you know when it starts like hitting the airwaves and the whole nine and so you guys can like check it out and support black film thank you round of applause for that thank you on the phone line right now this man is brilliant of course you see him on msnbc he's a contributor there he goes he's, he's a professor of politics and journalism at uh, morgan state and he's just brilliant i i wanted to talk to you man because i really wanted to get your take on this whole mess at Fox because there is so much crap that's dropping daily that Fox News is talking about they have some opposition research on Tucker just in case they had to let him go. Have you been hearing all that stuff? Uh, I have. I have. And I got to tell you, you know, I don't care if you work for UPS, CBS, Fox News, <laughs> any other company. When your job says we got receipts on you and announces that the day after you've been fired, it tells you a little something about what the work environment might be like. Because, it's, mm. look, it's, it's one thing. It's one thing. Look, every employer probably has information, and most employers have non-disparagement clauses. You know, if we fire you, you can't go and blast us uh, in the local news. Like, that's, that's not uncommon for high-level positions. But to have eight people with knowledge leak that story to Rolling Stone, that is clearly something that they wanted Tucker to know. That is a shot across the bow, and that speaks to some of the work environment issues that other people may have complained about at the network. Let me ask you, though. It's like this guy, was re- he was the number one um, host on cable television, reaching over 3 million people a night. Don't they lose a lot of money? Because I heard the Fox stock has just dropped. Well, you got to here's the thing, Russ, and I've been telling people this for a couple of days now. Um, you got to step back and look at this from a thousand feet, you know, a thousand feet away. Mm-hmm. Fox News has made it very clear that like the franchise is the star. You're just the vessel. Right. Like, like it, we we the Cowboys, we're not Dak Prescott. We're not, you know, whoever the right. running back happens to right. be. And so if you think about it, go back just the last 15 years. They fired Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck used to be the number one person on Fox. They fired him. They got rid of Bill O'Reilly. If you would ask me when I was – I honestly thought Bill O'Reilly was going to, like, die in the chair on his desk. Like, I never thought Bill O'Reilly would leave or get fired. So there is a precedent for Fox News as a corporation saying, I don't care if you're the number one ratings-getting advertising person on our network. If we deem you to be a problem, we will get rid of you. And it's a testament to – 
how they operate as a business. So this had nothing to do with uh, the Dominion suit where they almost had to pay a billion dollars and Tucker Carlson was a cheerleader of uh, attacking that, gr- that, that company. You don't think that has anything to do with it? You think it's more of the harassment stuff? You know what? I, I'm, I've spoken to several people there, and what I'll say is this. I say it's a combination of factors. To put all of the Dominion settlement on Tucker Carlson, and be careful, I'm be very careful when I say this, would actually not be fair. I mean, what we saw as far as the release text and information, it wasn't just him. It was also Laura Ingram. It was also Sean Hannity. So you can't put, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, uh, you know, Gene, uh, Judge Jeannie, like, Mm-hmm. It was a network-wide conspiracy to promote the idea that the election has been stolen. So to say that Tucker Carlson needs to be the person who takes the hit when it was network-wide, I don't think that's the only issue. Oh, okay. I do think that having a former producer say publicly and was interviewed by my colleague yesterday, Nicole Wallace on MSNBC, this woman says that she doesn't just have 90 instances of harassment and anti-Semitism behind the scenes at Tucker show in particular. She's got 90 tapes, 90 tapes wow. of varying lengths of different instances. Now that if you consider the fact that Tucker Carlson was also mentioned as being a part of sort of a toxic work environment and harassment when they got rid of Bill O'Reilly, I can imagine that might have a, a, a bigger role. But I don't know for sure because there are multiple things that were going on at the network at the same time. Wow. Well, this is just really interesting. Um, uh, we're not going to get into the Don Lemon thing, but um, I understand that he's he's lawyered up also. Same lawyer as Tucker Carlson. So I guess nowadays, like, if you get fired, just get a lawyer because <laughs> it's about to go down. You know, Dr. Jason Johnson, man, it's always great watching you, man. You do an incredible job filling in for all the folks in primetime, man, on MSNBC, man. So it's, it's always great that you come on our show and you work for free. <laughs> you know it always it always hurts when you put it that way russ thanks, <laughs> thanks yeah, this is a, this is the uh, in, in instructor that you would like to be your professor oh All man right. i wish i'd have had a professor like you in college oh yeah i, I imagine those i'd like to come sit in, in one of your classes if i could yeah oh please do they would find you they would find you immensely entertaining i'd have you come up and just regale them with stories <laughs> about the business journalism and everything trust me they would all go home and tell their parents like yeah. Yeah, there was this guy, Russ, they, they would love it. Let they me know. Love it. Let me Open know, man. Invitation. All right, man. Dr. Jason Johnson, y'all, we'll be right back. Well, on the phone line right now, her name is Lynette Calfani. And, of course, she's the money coach, been a contributor to uh, for our show for a number of years. And I always say it's always great to have you on because financial literacy is so important, especially for the young folk. They got to understand the importance of being literate when it comes comes around to our finances, right? That's right. We need it, especially in these times. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just tough making ends meet. Um, basically, uh, you're a personal finance expect, uh, expert, and and of course, I'm the author of the New York Times bestseller Zero Debt: The Ultimate Guide to Financial Freedom. Uh, let's talk about uh, Financial Literacy Month, and that's now, right? And things to invest in. That's, that's right. So. April is Financial Literacy Month, and, you know, I know that a lot of people have had a lot of rough times they've been dealing with financially. Look, we've got inflation. We had the interest rates rising because of the Federal Reserve rate hikes, which means that rates on a lot of things like credit cards and if you had a HELOC or, you know, home equity um, 
uh, line of credit, all of those have floated higher. And we've had layoffs to contend with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, student loan debt is up. So folks are grappling with a lot. So we absolutely need to understand how to better manage our money, how to navigate tough financial times, and yes, how to invest properly as well. Because you do want to have um, some part of your outlook be forward looking, right? Mm-hmm. Everything can't be about today. Like, right. oh, I just got to pay today's bills. You really do have to think about future, future. Yeah. you. So, you so let me, let me ask you, and I think it's, it's really kind of important. Um, there's a lot of folks out here that don't have just money to invest in uh, and, and invest in things. For those people that don't have, you know, a slush front of money to be able to make key investments. What do you suggest they invest in when they can? So the first thing I would say is don't try to pick individual stocks. You actually can invest with, you know, a couple of hundred dollars Mm -hmm. with, you know, 300, 400, $500. If that's the amount that you have to get started And the approach would be to start with mutual funds. So um, mutual fund is basically like a basket of stocks. If you picture like when you go to the grocery store and you have a, you know, a shopping cart, right? Mm -hmm. You might throw in some eggs, some milk, some bread, some, you know, some meat, whatever, a, a variety of things. Well, by the same token, if you buy a mutual fund, you're going to get a variety of investments. So you're going to get diversification and you can have an investment in a mutual fund. Um, and I think you can track something very easily like the S&P 500, which is the Standard & Poor's 500 index. Mm-hmm. It's not complicated. You're getting exposure to these 500 different securities. And so you, you invest in a mutual fund, you get diversification, you get uh, essentially something that's tracked along you know, what the index is doing. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to worry about picking individual stocks like, oh, right. is this to do right today or this one? It's, it's, it's a much um, more effective yeah, way. And, and when you're younger, you know, in your mutual funds, they'll have some aggressive stocks. When you're older, they'll have some not as aggressive because you don't want to take too many chances. Let me ask you this. Everybody jumped on that Bitcoin uh, uh, thing for a while. Is that still a viable investment or are you advising people to back off on it? Well, um, I actually do think still that Bitcoin is a good long-term investment. Now, I know, of course, we've seen a, a, a tremendous pullback in, you know, in overall cryptocurrencies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Bitcoin is sort of the dominant market leader in terms of the one that people um, look at most. Ethereum is kind of next on the, on the list, and then all the rest of them are so-called altcoins. Um, I've never told people to look at altcoins, but I do think Bitcoin has very unique properties. Um, it's o- only going to be 21 million. Um, it has a different type of um, uh, a, a way mm-hmm. in terms of uh, anonymity and what you can do with it ultimately in terms of a digital currency. But um, I do think it's a long-term play. Hmm. Um, I personally am invested in, I, I own Bitcoin as well. Um, I, I started buying in 2021, I believe. And, um, I, I, you know, you've done well. 
fact. It, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's not like it's going to be, you know, fast, quick money. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, we were, I remember last year, Bitcoin went up to like 69,000, you know, 69,000. Yeah. yeah. So, and now it's back, you know, around 30,000-ish, right. right? So, um, it definitely ebbs and flows, but I do think longer term, and I'm more looking at overall things like blockchain technology right. as a whole and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's very viable. And we're seeing now a lot of institutions and institutional investors right. are coming into the. So, so, so yes, I do believe yeah. okay. allocate a small portion of your, um, of your um, investments right. to, to something like Bitcoin. Okay. Well, uh, Lynette Calfani, the money coach, I appreciate Got to have you on next month because uh, this is really valuable information and I really appreciate you taking the time with us this morning. No problem. My pleasure. Take right. care now. Take care. Bye-bye. One of the hottest shows uh, right now, I think it's on Netflix, Love is Blind. Crazy. Has any has any of you guys watched that? I'm, I'm it, This watching. season right here is the best I season. I just started watching it. Okay. Is that it's the one crazy. where they did the live and it didn't work? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I wonder what happened with that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the other thing is, is that now it's coming out that some like season one winner was talking about how they, they did sleep deprivation. Oh. They mm-hmm. didn't feed them. Mm. But what they did have available to them. Was alcohol. Was alcohol. I knew it. Of course. And you know what? That's kind of like the running theme for all the shows because that liquid mm-hmm. courage gets you to say some crazy stuff. Wow. Right, because now they're trying wow. to replace the host. Was it Nick Lachey and his wife? What is her name? Really? Vanessa. They're yeah. trying to replace them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Why? Because they're, they're difficult? Yeah. They're saying they're getting difficult in the way they're treating people and stuff. So and they, they said the, really? the yeah. viewers don't care for them and their style of hosting. Right. Oh, so and, let's talk about it. What is it like? I've well, never seen it. Frida, it is really, it's a good show. It is mm. a good it's, show. It's two people, they meet behind closed doors. I mean, I, I mean, there's a wall between them, and okay. you fall in love with the person, right, the who personality, they are. right? All right, with the person, not because of, of, of physical. Right. And, and when they see each other, that's the most awkward feeling for yeah. the viewer, because <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what the person's saying. Because you know, when you hear somebody's voice, you 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 imagine what they, right. you think they it's look like. like. Radio, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's why we're in radio. You know, that guy you listen to late at night. Hey there, how you doing? You go see him, and like he's like. Part Neanderthal, mm-hmm. okay, oh. that's me. <laughs> oh, wow, everybody know that Russ Parr is not very attractive. I, I know, I'm good. That's why Especially. I'm in radio. All right, that's why I'm behind the camera, not in front of it. Okay, you guys do understand. But it's a good show, and this is their best season. Mm-hmm. This has been their best season. Right. And then I've read where Nick Lachey, who's the host, had to go into anger management. Right? He, yeah, he attacked that paparazzi and stuff, and, and AA. Mm. Anger oh my! Yeah, so that may have something to do with them wondering. So maybe Anger he's drinking. Maybe AA he's drinking with everybody else. Probably. <laughs> I see how that works. Mm. Well, anyway, listen, you guys, if you can't find love on these TV shows, yeah. there are apps for that. Of course. Ladies, are you tired of dating men in your country? Are you looking to expand your options? You've dated men on the East Coast, West, South, and the North. Have you considered dating outside of your continent? Now there's an app for you to spice up your love life. It's the International Love Line app. You simply download the free app and pick the region of men that you might be interested in, and they will call you and change your love life. 
click on the Jamaican icon. Wagwan, Belly Alexander Joseph Johnson is my name. And here's all you need to know. I'm six foot two and 12 inches. Maybe you prefer a delightful Irishman. Uh, my name is Titus Jackson O'Shanahan Hennessy. And the ladies say I'm an absolute stunner and well built. And my lucky charms and Mickey are magically delicious. And I'd love to get off with, you know, or anytime you're feeling a little frisky. Pick a man in any African country. My name is Kofi Abra. I'm athletic and I love to run. I would love to take you out on a 72-mile long jog where we would stop and make love in a lion's den. Does that sound good to you? Or you just want to reach out to someone across the pond. My name is Gabriel Edwards, and I fancy some soft music, a little bottle of wine, a lot of privacy, so we can walk around stalkers, eh? And then I'd like to f*** me for a little bit, or shag if you prefer. I'm open to whatever, love. Expand your dating options and download the International Love Line app today. The love of your life may be an ocean away. You know, one of my favorite singers who's had one major hit record that he still continues to eat with to this day is Tony Terry. Mm. When I'm with you. With you. Beautiful song. Uh, yeah, TV One uh, did the unsung of him at, in his story. And the, and the dude really hasn't aged. I mean, he's aged, but he still looks like that dude, you right. know, from 25 years ago. Yeah. 25, maybe like 31. 30, yeah. But that song has withstood the test of time. You can't find many songs that withstand the test of time unless it's a Christmas song. Right. But that one right there, it's like it's been put in every play. <laughs> every it's true. You know, every single play because it, it works and it's a classic. There are just certain songs that just stand the test of time. Uh, but I got to tell you, man, I, I was at a play just the other day. Actually, I was at this play right here. Coming to the Washington Theater. Mama, why you sleeping with my boyfriend? Mama, why you sleeping with my boyfriend? Well, we, we wasn't actually sleeping, baby. <laughs> I trusted you. Stop all that crying. He ain't last that long, no way, so it shouldn't even count. You're disgusting, Mama. Why are you sleeping with my boyfriend? Starting Little Rudy Huxtable, Keisha Knight Pulliam, Mario Winans, that f***ing that played Ruben Gregory of Amen, Loretta Devine, Clifton Powell, and Tony Terry. You can have him. I don't want him anyway. He's not that good man. True. But he's good on the floor. <laughs> and the back of that couch over there. And the wall. Tickets now to see Mama. Why are you sleeping with my boyfriend? Now playing at the Washington Theater. Be there. There's Alfreda, Super Kent, Anisha Nicole, Good morning. Albert. French fries and other fried foods linked with higher risk of anxiety and depression. Oh, wow. oh there it is. French fries. I mean. It make Ooh. you feel good at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But a little bit later on, you're going, wow, I hate that. Right, right. That's Shouldn't hard. have did it. That's, you know, because, you know, a lot of people are emotional eaters. That's, you know, but, and, but potatoes are a vegetable. Right, but it's how you prepare it. I True. think they're talking about fried foods. Right, if you put it, right. like, in the air, air fryer or something like that or bake them. Yeah. Mm. Okay, well, I can do that. Wow. But yeah. you can't go to McDonald's or any of them other places like Russ loves. Yeah, I, I just... <laughs> 
But you know what? Has, is there anybody out there that makes a better French fry than McDonald's? I don't think so. Yes. Not right now. Yes. No. Not right now. Nope. I'm trying to Five guys and Chick-fil-A with the no. waffle fries. Like the are waffle you serious? Fries. Those are waffle fries are way better and soft. Better yes, than McDonald's? Yes, they are. No. No. Yes, they are. No. And so is Five Guys because they keep the skin on. No. So, yeah. Sorry. No. Mm. Oh, well, sorry, you're wrong. That's sorry. crazy. Sorry. All right. Did you guys see this? I mean, this is uh, along the lines of crazy news. A flight was turned around three hours in after a passenger sits in the cruise seat while waiting to use the bathroom. Crazy. Why would you turn <laughs> huh? around for that? Right. Because I think they thought he was a threat because they told him you can't sit here. And he forced and, it. And he, no. Mm. And he said, I'm not moving until I go to the bathroom. So mm. they turned around. They were going to Israel from New York. Oh, oh, boy. Okay. So they turned around. But the classic of all time, and a lot of people were just really appalled by that brother. That was going off about the baby crying on the plane. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. That was too yeah. much. He was it, a baby. It, it was too much, but there was pure comedy. Yeah. <laughs> was. There was. Well, sir, you're yelling, well, that MF is like, did he pay extra? <laughs> 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 was that his wife sitting next to him? I don't I know. Think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, she was you trying know to calm him down. She tried to grab his hand. I do that with Steve sometimes at like basketball games. I'm like, all right, yeah, calm, calm down. down. Take it down. Yeah. But it didn't work. You know why? Because yeah, babies, the pressure when you go up, right, we right. get earaches. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine an infant? Come yeah, on. but it was it was so some sad. it's some classic anger right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because true, listen, he was saying out loud what everybody was else thinking. was thinking. No. Yes, I mean, and he probably no. hadn't had his in-flight drink yet. Either, Trust so. me. Trust me, a lot of people, God, can't she shut that baby up? Please. And then, shut and, that yeah, up. but you know, these poor babies, you're, you're right, the ear, yeah. the pressure in their ears. Mm-hmm. That's why they put them headphones Because they can't sometimes. chew gum like we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you know, you get your ears caught up, you feel like your head's going to explode. Yeah. You know? Mm. And babies just can't, you know, yeah, they can't pop their Pop yours, honey. Pop yours. He's uh, two. Yeah. <laughs> two months. <laughs> right? Maybe, yeah. maybe you should drive. I don't know. Somebody. Exactly. Soup. soup would be that Not one dude on the plane. Drive. I mean, cussing out a baby. Yeah, but if you can't deal with people on a plane then you should find another mode of transportation that's not fair and why would oh, you yeah. want to put your baby through that uh, anyway? no we're talking about the people complaining can just drive yeah, i'm talking about the big baby so the big man the baby opposite. you ain't right what would have been funny is if that man on his way off the plane got in that baby's face wow. your fault mother that ain't i know that's horrible well there it is the russ podcast and i want to thank tanisha nicole our producer make sure you listen on the apple podcast app urban one podcast.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. All right. Talk to you next week.